ARC Advisory Group conducted an industry survey back in 2019. We learned that out of 365 industry practitioners, two-thirds believe reliability-centered maintenance is not doing enough to improve reliability. We also learned the operations department have as much impact on plant asset performance as the maintenance organization does. So when we spoke with leaders about this in the process industries, they believe that while historically the maintenance groups have been the custodian of the overall reliability process, digitalization requires a rethinking of the overall asset performance strategy. We have found that new digital technologies can augment many maintenance, reliability, and operational processes to an unprecedented degree, and these are changing how people work. Approaches such as the Industrial Internet of Things and Industry 4.0 have paved the way for digital transformation across a broad range of industrial sectors. These new approaches have made their way into asset performance management programs to improve the maintenance and operations work process. I'm Peter Reynolds, Senior Analyst, and this is the Digital Transformation Viewpoints Podcast brought to you by ARC Advisory Group. In each episode, we'll ask the big questions of how the world is adopting emerging technologies and practices for sustainable manufacturing, from better operational processes to blockchain. Today, however, our focus is rethinking asset performance management. So here with me today is Ron Beck, Director of Industry Marketing with Aspen Tech. Hi, Peter. How are you doing today? Thanks for inviting me. So, Ron, ARC Advisory Group conducted research back in 2019 over about a four-month period, and basically we did a survey of 365 industry practitioners, and we interviewed several asset owners. So one of the interesting things we learned is about two-thirds of the industry respondents surveyed either they don't practice reliability-centered maintenance, that's 22%, They don't believe reliability-centered maintenance improves return on investment or reliability, that's 27%, and assets fail randomly despite RCM, reliability-centered maintenance efforts, that's about 18%. So really, what do you think is currently happening in industry and why is RCM getting such a poor grade? Yeah, so I think uh, in a way, Peter, it's not totally fair to RCM uh, to say they're getting a failing grade there or poor grade, you know, it's, I think it's advanced industry somewhat. I think what's happening though is that unplanned downtime continues to be a very major concern for operators of any uh, assets that are high capital, high value, uh, which basically lose a lot of money for the owner when they're down. Right. Um, now I've talked to a variety of plant managers in the past year. Uh, It's very interesting. A very common conclusion is that they tell me 50% of their safety and environmental incidents Mm -hmm. happen during startup and shutdown. You know, so basically they're trying to find ways to minimize downtime in general, but definitely unplanned downtime where you're doing all of a sudden a shutdown that you weren't expecting. Um, Now we know that... um, Wear-based maintenance and, and our RCM have both represented advances over the past number of years. But the reality is, as you found in your survey, mm-hmm. that signif- significant asset failures um, aren't um, addressable by either strategy. So therefore, right. as you found, they don't really want to continue to invest that way. Um, and so, you know, I think there's been a growing body of work, including learnings from some of our newest uh, work with customers that um, a lot of the failures are due to other causes. Hmm, interesting. Okay. So, you know, that brings me to another point. Uh, 
another uh, aspect of the research really looked at organizational factors uh, impacting uh, reliability-centered maintenance. And, and basically, the research uh, identified operations uh, has as much impact on asset performance or plan asset performance as the maintenance organization. So when we, uh, we further explored, uh, you know, some of the results from the survey and we started to interview asset owners, we found that there was a lot of interest in uh, rethinking this uh, strategy and perhaps, you know, some were thinking that the maintenance group uh, has been the owner or the custodian of the reliability process and some are really looking at an overall strategy through digitalization um, that not just, you know, considers better tools for the operations group, but also, you know, how the, how the groups, uh, you know, work, uh, work together. So it seems like this organizational factor in improving asset performance and looking at roles and how technology, how the technology component uh, is, uh, is intertwined. So what do you think about this? Um, yeah, so I'm not surprised with that finding and learning. Um, definitely, I think, um, well, most experienced operators really know, know deep inside that a lot of the uh, asset failures or equipment failures really are caused at some point by uh, changes in the process, or we call them upsets in the process, right. and that those have a big impact on the equipment itself. I mean, it's, it's intuitively obvious that if you run a process at very full capacity for an extended time, you're going to get, um, you're going to shorten the life of certain equipment. I mean, you could simplify it down to thinking about, you know, taking your car at a very rapid rate of speed down a, a bad surfaced road. And uh, the longer you run that, the more damage you're going to do to the equipment. And it's the same yeah. thing with the plant. Um, so, yeah, so definitely I think, you know, forward looking companies have been trying to figure out, okay, how do we gain more collaboration between maintenance and operations to solve this problem together? Um, it really should be a joint responsibility. And that's held back by the, you know, organizational silos that the traditional companies are in. Yeah. Um, so that's where, like you said, and, you know, you're finding that potentially digitalization is a very exciting development here because really what that is all about, it's more than just, you know, churning data or, uh, analytics, which are all important, but it's also about um, visual, visualizing the information, personalizing it to different roles in the company. Mm -hmm. And that's all in support of the concept of collaboration, you know, which would allow, let's say, operations and maintenance right. to yeah. look at si significant things collaboratively, right, together. Speaking of digitalization, you know, when we, when we uh, interview a lot of companies, uh, you know, they're, they're all looking at artificial intelligence as, you know, a real game changer here. And, and uh, asset reliability, um, you know, certainly seems to be one of the, the most prominent, uh, you know, cases uh, that, that uh, we've seen. So where do you see the, the greatest benefit or what are some, some uh, use cases to, to really, you know, not just look at roles, but, to, but really just to look after improving downtime? One of the biggest use cases, and certainly one we're in the center of, right. uh, as you know, is um, applying uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence to the topic of how do you predict uh, pres basically prescriptive maintenance. How do you predict that something might fail and how do you diagnose why? And um, this really comes down to what we just talked about before, that Mm -hmm. A lot of times failures in equipment and units in a plant can be attributable to the 
process conditions and you need data from all over the plant analyzed together to understand that and then you can find you know footprints in the data that tell you or fingerprints in the data that will tell you that something's going to fail in the future. So that's a real good use case for AI because the amounts of data and the patterns you're looking for are extremely subtle that an individual can't really see by himself but AI has proven it's already finding you know very subtle things that are allowing people to avoid very expensive pieces of equipment from failing. You know there's a couple other big use cases too like that we're starting to look at like things like catalyst degradation in the reactors and how AI can be applied to understanding you know ways to operate that will minimize that based on data analytics and historical patterns as to how that unit is behaved. You know today that's the realm of hiring a bunch of expert consultants on permanent basis to tell you what to do but there's an alternative there. And another use case of things like heat exchanger fouling and cleaning which is very high interest right now because of sustainability drivers and things. And then another use case is actually predicting process events not just equipment failures. So these are all good good use cases and I think the common denominator is they can be solved today. They've been proven to work and also they if solved they have a very concrete value proposition. They're going to create concrete dollar value to a company. Okay no that's that makes sense. So you know you mentioned looking to the process you know a couple of times and I think there is a tendency especially in you know heavy process and asset owners whether petrochemical or chemical refineries you know I think that there is this aspect of system reliability and looking beyond discrete assets in order to do some of the predictions or prescriptive maintenance as you described. But it can't be that easy especially when there has been a tendency you know in a lot of circles that would discuss asset performance management they would focus in on condition-based monitoring and you know simple looking at runtime of equipment. So this approach seems you know a little bit different. So you know in terms of the challenge you know you know you know shifting this paradigm from being more asset centric to more process centric if I can use those words you know how are asset owners dealing with this challenge and realizing the benefits of AI and machine learning? Yeah so I think there's a couple key challenges and pitfalls here and so I think the tendency especially for big companies big traditional you know energy companies asset owners chemical companies refiners is well we'll go hire a bunch of well we heard AI can help us we'll go hire a bunch of data scientists and put them on the problem. Well this is really a you know a couple companies have had some successes doing this but I think it's a big pitfall. It's sort of going in the opposite direction from where the tendency has been over the last 30 years where let's say a process company knows that it's it's really a that's their core value propositions. They know how to make make chemicals or oil and how to process it. They don't know how to make sophisticated software. And so you know there's been a sort of almost like a candy store approach to let's hire a bunch of data scientists we can do this. And but it's a very very fast moving area. And so 
it requires a very uh, big focus on sort of several different areas together. One is domain expertise, knowledge of the yeah. equipment and processes. The sec second is knowledge of the software technologies and how to apply them and knowledge of how to handle large quantities of data. So I think that the, you know, the, the, one of the key success criteria is to know where to, uh, to use, to, to basically use commercial fast developing technologies rather than building your own. And this seems to be an area where people have somehow been enticed into trying to build their own things and, and spending a lot of money. And then second part is, you know, I mentioned a couple of, of use cases yeah. that you, that you know, we talked about a bit, but I mean, I think the key is to follow the money, put, put your focus on where, you know, your company has a benefit. You might have a plant, you know, it's not running well, a process, you know, a type of equipment that's not working, you know, a group of a location where a lot of people have retired and you need to apply advanced technology to substitute for lots of expertise. But I think it's, doing the correct uh, analysis to figure out where you can follow the money and get the best return on applying it, you know, digital technologies and AI. Right. You know, you know, it almost seems like there's a parallel here, you know, Ron, uh, let's take advanced process control and most refining and chemical uh, oil and gas users would be familiar with this technology. It's been around for a long time and it seemed like there was a wave where uh, the technology became very, very complex and advanced process control or multivariable process control became unsupportable. And, and I look to these, these uh, energy uh, intensive, you know, you know, expensive asset uh, type organizations. And it seems like, um, it, it just seems like if I look at that, that role involved in, in that piece of technology, they're almost a citizen data scientist, uh, you know, on their own. So if anything, we've democratized that technology because certainly APC is becoming uh, easier to use and becoming more automated. Is that happening with, with AI and, uh, and these assets as well? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So if you look at, um, you know, my company as a software company, um, our whole goal here is we call it democratizing AI because right. uh, the goal is to um, hide, really hide the data science you know, from the users. So where we're talking about, let's say prescriptive maintenance, well, the users are really maintenance people. They're not data scientists right. or operators. As you mentioned, it should be both maintenance people and operators. Uh, so you need to hide the, uh, you know, the AI and, you know, you need to provide the AI and the data science, combine it with domain expertise and then hide it so that a normal maintenance people will intuitively know how to operate it. Or an, even an, an inexperienced person coming out of school will know how to operate. Right. But that's all in the democratization process, absolutely. Okay, so Ron, we're coming to the close of this podcast. Do you have any last thoughts for the audience today? Well, um, so Peter, I get a lot of uh, chance to travel the world and meet with uh, our customers worldwide. Um, and so I don't know to what extent uh, people in Asia and the Middle East and so forth are listening to this podcast. Um, but my lesson to the companies in North America and Europe is, you know, the Asian companies are being very, very aggressive about looking at AI, looking at data science, adopting new, new, new approaches. And one of the things is they understand that um, 
this is it's you talked about democratizing the applications it's also democratizing the organizations right when you put in place these tools uh you're basically putting in place the tools to make the decisions someone needs to make at a moment in time in the hands of that person in an intelligent way so then the organization needs to become more flexible all decisions don't need to come from the top you empower lots of different people in the organization to make the right decisions at the right time. So I think the biggest challenge to leaders and managers is to understand this whole advent of data science, AI, digitalization, to change the way you, you conduct asset optimization and asset right. reliability. It's not just a technology change, it's an organizational change. And the companies that take the time to understand how to uh, really promote their organization to adjust and promote the leaders to let go of some of the controls and democratize their organizations. This will help organizations become more flexible, agile, and those companies will become really the, the ones with competitive advantage because they'll be able to take best advantage of these new technologies. Well, Ron, thanks for, thanks for being with me today. You're quite welcome. Thanks. I, I enjoyed it. Thanks to Ron Beck, Director of Industry Marketing with Aspen Tech. For more information and insights on this topic or to learn best practices to accelerate transformation, please visit the ARC Advisory Group website at www.arcweb.com. Please do subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. And while you're there, leave us a review. In the meantime, from Peter Reynolds, thank you for listening and goodbye.